Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. Open to Galatians 2.20 because it's one of the scriptures I, I like and uh, it says I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now I was reading, of course I wanted to read in another translation, but the life that I now live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Then I read it in the Passion Translation. just to get another outlook on what he's saying. And he says, my old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. And I love that because before we knew Christ, we didn't know who we were. Because inevitably, Christ made us. And if I don't know him, I don't know who I am. So I love that, that my old identity has been co-crucified with him. It's, it's when I envision that I envision his body on that cross and my body's on that cross. And he says, now take me, leave yourself there. (laughs) And let me live through you. (laughs) He so wants to cohabitate in and through us. And he says, and now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. That speaks a lot because religion taught me that I just say a prayer and then I go live in my life. And the gospel says nothing. That's not what it says. It says my life is no longer mine. It's his. And if I don't live my life with him, then what am I doing? He says for the anointed one lives his life through me, we live in union as one. The anointed one. Do we know the difference between the anointing and gifting? I don't care about gifts. I want his anointing. Because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. 
I've been in a lot of services and they're, they're talking about their giftings and this and that. And I see people coming in and leaving the same way. I want the anointing. <laughs> I want to see the anointing present, not only in my life, but in your life. Because the anointing in your life is going to break the yoke of bondage in your family. In your loved ones, in the ones you work with, and the ones that you come in contact with. At the grocery store, wherever you're at, that anointing, the anointed one lives in you and me. And he says, now we are one. And he says, my new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God, who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. And I'm like, now I've got a new life. I'm empowered. And he says, it's by the faith of the Son of God. He didn't say it's by my faith, it's by his faith. So why am I trying to do this on my accord? It's his faith in me. I have to lean into him. And then he, I thought this was kind of cool here. He says that he gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. I'm like, I'm going to look up dispensing just for the heck of it, you know. And it's, it's a machine or container able to supply or release a product or cash. <laughs> so God, he's saying, Holy Spirit, here he is. He wants to dispense what he has into you so that people, you know, can come up to your vending machine and say, hey, I need that. I need a little love. I need a little, I need some healing. I need love, peace, joy. I need, those are the gifts of the Spirit. And those are the things that he wants to wring out of us. And people can see the Spirit of God in us and they can tap into him and us to receive who he is in us. And I was like, man, I never thought of it that way. He so wants to dispense himself in and through us. And then, of course, faith. And, of course, mom had to drop that seed in my ear yesterday. <laughs> and then... The Lord just kind of elaborated a little. You know, Hebrews 11.1. 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Of course, I want to go there. And that was the New King James Version. Now faith is a substance. Or the realization of things hoped for in the evidence or confidence of things not seen. And then in the Passion it says, now, faith brings our hopes into reality. 
and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. Now, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation. And it says, have the faith of God. So he is our ultimate hope, isn't he? And that becomes our foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. Now for me, when I truly met him, my desires changed. They didn't stay the same. And he says that it, the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. You know, our hearts long for him, and sometimes we don't even know it. There's people out there lost and dying in this world, and they're looking to the world trying to fix that longing with things that can't do it. And that's why they need to run into us. Because Christ in us, they'll see the hope of glory. We are the hope of glory to the world. It says it is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. How many things in our lives are we believing for that we haven't seen in the natural? Yet we know God is faithful, don't we? He will supply. He supplies all of my needs. And it's according to his riches and glory in Christ, not according to what I make. And, and that's the blessing about God is like, Man, if you just stay in his will for your life, he brings, brings things into existence or brings you what you need in ways you never thought were possible. I've seen him do it so many times. And then I've also had the privilege of having things go away. <laughs> and it's like, oh my goodness, when is this going to stop? And it's like, how am I going to react in all this, these situations? And when I react the right way, I, I still have the peace through it all. It's like when I don't get upset, when I'm like, all right, Lord, I don't understand this, but I'm going to trust you in it. I still have his peace. And then people, you know, they'll look at my life because they see what I'm going through. And they're like, dude, how can, you, how can you act like that in this situation? I'd be going crazy. And, there, and there's another opportunity to share them who Christ is in me. He is my peace. It doesn't matter what's going on on the outside. But he's peace in me. And I need that peace all the time. I heard a saying 
And it said, where the Spirit is Lord, there is true liberty. Is the Spirit Lord in your life? I'm like, man, I need to get closer. <laughs> you know, that to me, that's what it speaks to me. Is he truly Lord of my life? Because if he's truly Lord of my life, then I should be, be bringing freedom to everyone around me. And that's not... How do I say it now? Looking for the word. A chastisement or a reproof. That, that's the Lord saying, son, there's more. There's more. Do you want more? Do you want more of me? Do you want to see the fullness of who I created you to be in operation in this world? Because we are the light of the world. We're the ones that he sent in this time and hour in this darkest hour, he said, in the darkest hour, my light's going to shine the brightest. That's what he's doing. He's raising us up to be the light in this darkness. And that light that's in you is Christ. And he so desires to be one with you. In all that you do, not just coming to church. But from the time you get up to the time you go to bed, he wants to be with you. He wants you to acknowledge him in you and to walk with him. And he didn't give me a whole lot this morning. But I wanted to see where he'd take it. Because I know what he's speaking. And that he, he wants to empower us to be him. But we have to believe, just like the word says. Believe on him, confess with your mouth, and you shall be saved. Well, in salvation is total redemption. Everything is done through salvation. He said, it's finished at the cross. My work is finished. Now, it's our work. It's... I hope I don't mess this phrase up. But it's like it's already finished. Yet we have to push through to see it through. Jesus says, I've done it. Now it's up to you to complete the work. And how am I going to complete what he called me to do if I'm not leaning into him? If I'm not learning who he is. He's love. He's joy. He's peace. If I'm not emulating these things. Through me. Am I truly getting to know him? Do people see Christ in me? 
I don't want to dwell on the past of who I was. But I want to focus on who he created me to be. And he's continually given me new revelation of the goodness of who he is. There's so much of him to be known. We can never stop pressing into who he is. Because he's amazing, he's a big God. And there's so much of him to know. And he desires to know you more. You know, when, when mom got that word back there, I, was, I could hear him say, I want more of you. I want more of you. I want you to know me more. And that's what his pursuit is, is to know us. He wants us to know him in the fullness He's amazing. Oh, Paul over here in in uh First Galatians twenty three, and this was he was talking about how he was just converted and for three years he went up to Jerusalem. But before that, it's like, he said, I didn't go up to Jerusalem or to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. And I look at, he spent time with the king. He didn't look to man to find out who he was. And so many times in my life, I've looked to someone to give me a word, you know. And it's like, I remember specifically there was a group at our church. And they weren't, you know, they were flowing in the prophetic. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go get a prophetic word. And the Lord says, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to go get a word. And he says, why don't you come to me? And it's like, yeah, why don't I? You know, so many times I'm looking to man for something that only God can give. Because when I went up, the person that prophesied over me, man, they were way off. (laughs) Hey, it happens. (laughs) And I think God did that on purpose. Because I'm looking in the wrong place, you know. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to look to him. He wants us to have the faith of God. And that's what Paul says. He goes, I was, um, he who formerly was persecuted or persecuted us now preaches the faith. Which he once tried to destroy. That stood out to me, the faith. Because it was a faith in Jesus. It was faith of Christ that here this man stood in front of them and they didn't believe him. And now he's been crucified and resurrected and we have 
the ability to believe in someone we've never seen. But it, it's kind of crazy in a sense because you hear other people talk about Jesus. And until you know him, you have a whole different philosophy of who he is. And some people, you can't change their mind. I ran into one of those this week. And when I started talking to him about Jesus, he said some off-the-wall things. And I'm like, Lord, I think I'm going to shut up. (laughs) If he don't give me something to say, I'm not going to open his eyes. Because it's the Spirit that's going to break that off of him. So I'm better off not saying anything. I've already heard this guy's pretty, his mind's pretty twisted. So when I get a word for him, it's going to be a good one. And I believe that it'll break that bondage off of him, that lie that he's believing about who Jesus, who he thinks Jesus is. And then in Galatians 3.11, he says, the just shall live by faith. So here's, here's what I'm learning. In all this, that it's his faith working through me that gets things done. If I operate on his faith, all things are possible. But if I want to operate on what I think faith is, I'm going to come up short. So I have to learn to tap into him. Ultimately, I have to tap into him and operate on his faith. He says it's the faith of God that's going to work through us. I love that so much, how the the passion talks about that. It says, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. And we already know who the foundation is, don't we? It's Jesus. He is our foundation. Everything we do has to be built upon him. And if it's not built on him, it's going to burn up. Everything I do that is he didn't call me to do is going to burn up. Sometimes I, I get a good idea. And I start running with it. And the Lord will say, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, this is good, isn't it? I didn't ask you to do that. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> See, the enemy, he likes to throw a bunch of good ideas at you to get you off course. And that's why I have to stay in tune with what the Father's saying. All the time. Because 
I can't do this on my own. None of us can. And we need each other to do this. You know, I, I need my wife to do this. I need my mom. I need each and every one of you. Because you're intricate in the body of Christ. And we have to be able to know our place. Do I exactly know that right now? No, I don't. But uh, the one that does is the one I'm pursuing. And until he tells me exactly, I'm just going to keep pursuing him. I have nothing else to do. And when he tells me to move, I'm going to move. He tells me to back off, I'm, I better back off. <laughs> so it's all about him. If I can lay down my life for his life, if we can all do that, just lay our life down and come into who he's called us to be, then we'll be able to fulfill not only the destiny in our individual lives, but the destiny he has for the kingdom. Because ultimately the kingdom's in us. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the kingdom. Well, the king lives and dwells within us. So I have to go out and show them the kingdom where I'm at. So I look at that as my workplace. Those guys have to know of whom I belong. They have to see Christ in me. And I pray that when they come around me, that they'll get a glimpse of Christ so that they'll want that. They'll want him. It's the Spirit of God that draws, not me. Spirit of God lives in me. He can draw those all around me just by me being in their presence. Just by you being in, in their presence, he will draw. And the draw gets stronger and stronger, I believe, as you get closer and closer to him. And I believe that because I read so many stories about Smith Wigglesworth. And I think I shared this once before that here's a man on a train minding his own business and the spirit in him convicted of a fellow passenger of sin. And he comes over to him and says, man, you convict me of sin. What must I do to be saved? And he never even looked at the guy. And then here's a, a group of uh, reporters that were Christians. And they're like, man, I've heard when that when Wigglesworth prays, he'll clear a room. And they're like, we're not leaving. No matter what. So here, here this group of leaders are in this room and they're all going around taking turns praying. And it got to Wigglesworth and he starts praising and magnifying the Lord and people start leaving the room. And the guy that's telling the story says, man, he goes, there was such a weight of his presence in the room. He goes, I couldn't breathe. He goes, I stayed as long as I could. And then I crawled out. He brought what I believe was the glory in the room, the weight of his glory that he basked in daily because he was one with God. He spent so much time in God's presence. He was used to that. 
And these guys weren't. And I'm like, man, Lord, there's a place we can get in him that's so, it's, our minds can't even comprehend that. So I looked at that story and I'm like, well, Wigglesworth can do it, so can I, right? He said, God says, I'm no respecter of persons. And it's not that I want to run everybody out of a room. That's not what the point of it is to know him in that fashion. Wigglesworth did it. So can other people. Charles Finney, he had a huge anointing on his life. When he'd come into a town, people were drawn by the Spirit. And we all know the story of Azusa Street and the anointing that came out from that place. People would get off the bus and go, what is that? And they're like, oh, come here, we'll show you. Some of them would just fall out in the spirit. This is what he's bringing. This is what he wants to do. And he's looking for a people that will seek him and and go after him so that he can manifest himself in that way. Not everybody wants that. I do. That's his heart. His heart is for everyone to know him that way. feel that so strong. It's his will and purpose to touch each and every one of us with all that he has. He said he won't give us more than we can handle. I, I think it's him. I feel like he just shared that. Because how much of him can we handle? Isaiah, when, when the Lord, when the train of his splinter entered the room, he says, I fell as a dead man. And before that, he was, he was just talking about how wicked the people were around him. But when the presence of God came in the room, all he saw was his own iniquity. Only his own. And that's what God wants to focus on. He wants us to focus on ourselves. When he comes in the room, you're not worrying about the one next to you. You're focusing on, Lord, what must I do to be like you? And then he asked Isaiah a question. Will you go? Or whom shall I send? He says, Lord, send me. He's looking for people. Will we be that people? Will we sit and bask in his presence so we can be that people? 
And don't copy my life. Or the pastors, you run your race the way God's called you to run it. We're all different. We're uniquely made. So you search for him with all of your heart and he will show you the way. Just as I have to seek with him. Search him with my whole heart and he shows me my way that he desires for me to go. We serve an amazing God. And he so desires to reveal himself to each and every one of us. On an individual level. I love his corporate anointing. I love it when we get together. and All these hungry hearts come into the room. And, and he comes in and he speaks. Sometimes I feel like he speaks louder in that fashion. I don't know about you all, but it just seems that way to me. I love my personal time with my father, but the corporate anointing is amazing because it brings in a, a realm of his presence because he looks down, he says, look at all these hungry hearts going after me. <laughs> and he shows up in a mighty way. That's why I, I never want to miss that opportunity. Because when you come into his presence, you never know what he'll do. There's fullness of joy in his presence. There's freedom. There's liberty. What is it that I need today? That's who he'll be. Just by basking in his presence. So I thank the Lord for his faithfulness, his goodness. You can never outgive our good God. And you can never outpursue him. He's the one pursuing us. But the enemy wants us to feel like he's not around. And that's where we have to step in that faith walk and say, no, he's always with me. Whether I feel him, whether I sense him, it doesn't matter. He's always with me. And then keep your ear tuned because he will speak. It may be a billboard. It may be. Someone walking by says something. You just never know, but keep your ear tuned because he speaks in so many different ways. Don't limit him. He's amazing. And all he wants is us. He created us for, for his fellowship. 
And when we come into fellowship with him, it's like there's no greater joy that we can ever experience than the joy of being in fellowship with him. The world has to realize that all these false counterfeits because that's all the enemy does is try to counterfeit the Lord and his goodness and that some of it is feeling I don't know about you guys but I realized this in my younger years that I would sit there and sing uh, to rock music you know and I'd have this sensation Man, what is that, you know? But then when I worship, yeah, it's like, which one am I worshiping? When I was singing rock music and and going along with, with the enemy, it was like that false feeling that he was given. Lord showed that to me. He says, you remember that? I'm like, yeah, I remember that. He goes, what do you think about this? (laughs) When you truly worship him, there ain't no better experience. He just pours. (laughs) And it's an amazing feeling. And I wish it was all the time. (laughs) It would make life so much easier. (laughs) But it's not. But you can always go there. Even in circumstances. When things aren't going right, man, just worship him. And you'll realize that, wow, he shows up in a mighty way. And he'll touch you. Your circumstance may not change, but you will. (laughs) so I pray that he touched your heart this morning and that you just continue to pursue him with all your heart and let him be Lord of your life because when he's Lord he can do so much with our lives And he desires to do so much. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Will, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.